You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Which coast? Traveling east to west... Aaron Ladd. No, he did No. <laughs> Mark Gunnels. At the house on it. Chiefs coast to coast. What's up, Aaron? How you feeling, my guy? What's the word? I'm doing good, man. How about you? I know you're happy to be back in space. I, we did the last one on spaces, but I think the time before that, maybe we were on cam. Yeah, that's right. I know what your preference is. I don't even have to ask. Yeah, man. You know my nickname. Well, you gave it to me, actually. <laughs> you did a whole rebrand. You got the you got the new header on the Twitter page. I mean, you, you put in the work this offseason, and I can tell you're getting ready for training camp. Yeah, man. I'm fired up, man. You know, I'm just a kid from Kansas City. What can I say? We just can we cut that out because we know that's <laughs> you had to turn in your KC card when you moved to LA. Oh, stop it! Stop it! You're not a you're not a kid from Kansas City anymore. That well, that well, you're not a kid from Georgia anymore. Then if that's the I case. got I got to start tweeting that out every day. Hashtag just a kid from Kansas City. Hashtag be great. <laughs> you know, five oh one p.m. in LA. Oh God, that's just your favorite, right? It'll be like, <laughs> like three oh one a.m. in L.A. I'm like, Mark, go to sleep, bro. Nobody else is awake. <laughs> well, nah, man, it's a pleasure to be back with you, man. And now we're gonna be, we're gonna see each other every week now. I was about to say, now we got stuff to actually talk about. Now we, uh, we got content. We, we're gonna have plenty of things to discuss. We're gonna have your goofy predictions on air every week now uh, i'm excited wow just the the strays you throw at me is just ridiculous man you would think by now I have a, a solid relationship and you just continue <laughs> to bash me every chance you get <laughs> i think you're, it's, you're shameless it's jealousy i think that's what it comes down to you know <laughs> hey i just want to be a kid from kansas city oh, stop it mr, um, mr. Is- 41 <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Yer, I'm on TV tonight. <laughs> Yo, people with, the, with, with the same the same smile every day. You go to Aldi's every day. You go to the same park every day. So talk about your routines, because you do the same thing every day too. Well, here's the thing. This is straight out of the Andy Reid playbook. You know, consistency, right, Mark? You you are what your habits are. Like, bro, how often do you have to grocery shop at Aldi's? You go every day. I don't go to Aldi. Stop it. <laughs> I it, it feels like it. <laughs> if Aldi is listening, I do go to Aldi every day. But if they're not listening, I don't go to Aldi every day. <laughs> but no, let's let's go ahead and get into it, man. 
how's the family? Everybody good? Everybody straight? Everybody uh, enjoying the last little bit of summer? Oh, yeah, they're good, man. Um, you know, <laughs> the girlfriend, she's enjoying this time because I'm not watching sports as much, but she knows football season's right around the corner, and I'm going to be glued to the TV. So trying to enjoy this time with the, hey, just with take, the family, man. Hey, hey, one day a week and treat her. You know, she got to listen to you 24-7, which I couldn't even imagine. That sounds just... She gets mad when I'm on spaces too much. <laughs> For real, she'd be like, "Are you in that damn space again, <laughs> bro? You have a problem. You have a legit. The people closest to you are trying to help you, and you refuse to help." <laughs> Shout out to everybody and the listeners, man. Make sure you guys share the space. Like we kind of mentioned, if you missed it, we're gonna be doing this every week from now on. We have been doing it every other week because you know, just kind of the slow period and for the Chiefs right now. But obviously, with training camp looming. In preseason around the corner, we'll be here every week. It's three days away, man. We 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 right inching up on Chiefs returning and a lot of stories kind of in the lead up to training camp, none bigger than uh, Orlando Brown. And I guess that's where we'll start this episode of Coast to Coast. A lot of smoke and a lot of things you got to pilfer through, but ultimately the deadline for franchise players to sign that long-term deal comes and goes without Orlando Brown. And the Chiefs agreeing to a deal. I think Schefter had the numbers as six years, 139 as an offer with 30 and a quarter guaranteed at signing. Uh, I, I mean, a lot of little nuggets that came out of it. I saw the Chiefs could get out after year three and year four of that deal, potentially. I also saw where Orlando Brown's camp not necessarily happy with the long-term security of that deal. A lot of stuff, and, and we'll get to a lot of it here. But ultimately, the cliff notes is... Uh, Orlando Brown still hasn't signed that franchise tag and isn't expected to be there for the start of camp. I'm curious just to start this whole whole thing off, Mark. You think he was wise not to take that KC offer and why? Well, this is a very complicated matter because to me it really comes down to the guaranteed money, right, and the security. Uh, and obviously him and his agent didn't believe that it was um, enough to make him feel you know, secure enough to keep that long term, right? And that's what it comes down to. Because people see the number and they look at the number. They don't look at the guarantee and the years and the potential outs. It's a lot of language that goes into these contracts, right? And a lot of people really don't understand it. They just look at the number at face value. So, I mean, I'm not, I can't be mad at him for valuing himself the way that he does. But at the same time, considering you know, he hasn't made a lot of money at this point in his career. He's obviously going to play on the tag. I know people are talking about him potentially sitting out. I, I would be absolutely stunned if he's not there week one or even before that. But, you know, he's still going to make a lot of money on the tag, which is a lot more than he's made throughout his career. So still life-changing money from that standpoint. It's just a matter of securing him long-term. And he's entering his prime. He's, what, 26 years old? And also with these contracts as well, Guys are looking at, and teams as well, they're looking at what you're going to do moving forward. A lot of times fans think it's about what you've done in the past, but that's not the case because they want to see how you're going to play out the future years coming when your contract, right? So I think he believes that he's going to be one of those top left tackles over the next few years, but he hasn't produced at that level yet. So that's where the divide is coming from, in my opinion. But 
I mean, if you're the Chiefs, man, you gave up a first-round pick to get this guy. It's a very valuable pick in the NFL. And if you only have him for two or three years, because you could tag him for the next two years, it's not really a good look, man. So I think they have to figure out a way to get this deal done. I mean, he's protecting the blind side of Patrick Mahomes. I mean, you could argue outside of quarterback, left tackle is maybe the second most valuable position in all of football. So that's where I stand right now. Uh, obviously, unfortunate that the deal couldn't get done in time, but I wouldn't panic just yet. Uh, a couple things that I want to I wanna come back to. You mentioned the franchise tag and, and that role in this whole thing. And to me, that really, really limits Orlando Brown's leverage in this situation. I know you mentioned the first round pick and everybody's going to go back to that and say, hey, but the Chiefs gave up a first round pick to get this guy, so to speak. Um, with the franchise tag and transition tag potentially uh, next year, they have him under contract for these these next two years. Whether he wants to sign it or not, whether he wants to show up or not, <clears throat> that's just kind of what he's dealing with with right now. Um, I think I mentioned this uh, as well. And I think his camp maybe sees him as more of a top five guy in Kansas City with their offer and, and, and how they're kind of maneuvering through this negotiation. It seems like maybe they see him as more of a, a top 12 guy. There was a lot of funny money in there and it's hard to know what's real and what's fake when everything's getting leaked out, which is really what's made this whole thing extremely messy. It's, it's crazy and you're trying to pilfer through what's the truth and what's fake. But I mean, the, the, the guaranteed money, the average money per year, uh, a lot of that seems to check a lot of the boxes. And I even saw one of the reports that came out and said that he wasn't necessarily disappointed with the money and that wasn't the hick the the hold up it was more so the long-term deal maybe in this situation it helps that both sides can kind of retreat to their corner um they can kind of themselves let the dust settle and then meet again uh next offseason because obviously it's cooked for this offseason i like you think that he will show before week one um but i want to pivot to 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 that report that came out today from nfl network and jeffrey shiata saying you know the chiefs were disappointed in in, in what happened and this isn't the guy they drafted I think was the or they traded for this isn't the guy they traded for was the was the quote that ended up coming out of that uh it just seems like more spin to me I know we chatted about this before coming on air a little bit but it just really feels like more back and forth jabs more the same a lot a lot more spin and not really a lot of action getting done yeah and to that report actually I don't know if you saw this or not but Orlando Brown actually liked the tweet which kind of debunked that report from NFL Network. Uh, the tweet, I'll read it for you real quick. The tweet that Orlando Brown liked, it read, some of this report really doesn't add up to me. Like everyone knew Orlando Brown Jr. wanted to play and be paid like a left tackle before the Chiefs even traded for him. The idea that he's a different guy because he wouldn't take a team-friendly deal? Question mark. Come on. And Orlando Brown liked that tweet. So I'm just for reference. Definitely with that. I mean, they knew what time it was. And when they even moved over, moved him over to that position, they knew it was a position that comes with a higher price tag. I mean, the, the everything is kind of going uh, according to design for probably both sides if they felt like that wasn't wise enough to for either side to take the last offer. Yeah, 100 percent. And yeah, so like that tweet said and kind of Orlando Brown, he liked it. it they knew what they're getting themselves into, man. I mean, the guy made it obviously clear that he wanted to be a left tackle and following his dad's footsteps. And let's just be honest. We know left tackle 
it warrants a lot more in value as far as money goes than right tackle. It just is what it is because most of the quarterbacks today are right-handed, and that's obviously protecting the blind side of your quarterback. So it is what it is. He's young. He did make the Pro Bowl. Take it with a grain of salt, <laughs> whatever you want to do, because we know the Pro Bowl is kind of weird these days. It's more about all pros as far as real value goes, but that still is on his resume. <sighs> I still think ultimately after the season, see, it depends. It depends on how he plays this year. It really does. Because if he balls out and looks like a potential top five guy, then the Chiefs really have a decision to make because now his value is going to keep going up, right? If you got the deal done now, maybe, you know, it will look like a bargain in a few years, right? And he'll outplay the contract. But the longer you wait, we all know the the higher the price goes up. So we'll see. It's another one of those bet on yourself years for Orlando Brown is what it's looking like. And it's unfortunate because he took one of those years coming to Kansas City. I remember his introductory press conference. Uh, we were asking him on Zoom, yo, do you feel like if, if you ball out this year, uh, you know, that payday is coming. That left tackle payday, I should say, specifically is coming. And he didn't really say yes, but he said yes in so many words. And probably didn't have the year that he was hoping to have coming to Kansas City. It was enough to get a Pro Bowl year. Uh, probably wasn't enough to get top five money, but it's interesting. I, I, I want to pivot us as we're still talking about Orlando Brown here on Chiefs Coast to Coast podcast on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. Uh, since he, we're not expecting us, we're not expecting him to show for camp. Either of us are expecting him to show. What are the other options, Mark? Uh, who do you think takes those first team reps in camp, who do you think takes those first team reps to the preseason? And is it the same guy that, that's lining up with the first team week one, in your opinion? This is where it gets really murky because there's not a real ideal option as far as a true backup left tackle. Like we saw that game last year against the Bengals in the regular season when Orlando Brown got ruled out like, what, five minutes before the game started? It was kind of crazy. And they moved Joe Tooney to left tackle. And he actually held his own. It looked really good. But the thing about that is, do you really want to lose a guy that's all pro talent at left guard and move him to left tackle where he's good, but he's not as dominant as he is at his natural position at left guard? So, you know, it, it's going to be it's tough. I mean, maybe you look at Kennard, the rookie from Kentucky, even though he's more of a right tackle, right guard. Uh, Niang, do you move him over to the left side? I mean, it's not really too many options, to be honest with you. So, yeah, let's just hope Orlando Brown is there week one because I don't want him to have the ideal of having to move guys around because we've seen that before, right? When we had guys out of position, and it just makes your overall core just weaker, right? So, yeah, it's, it's looking ugly. I ain't going to lie to you, man, <laughs> as far as camp goes. I'm going to respectfully disagree on the, you don't want to move guys around. I think the Chiefs have always moved guys around, and we've talked to O-Lyman about knowing all five positions, knowing all parts of the line, because you never know what's going to happen. Tooney being moved over in the Bengals game is a perfect example of, hey, stay ready so you don't have to get ready. Uh, if I had to pick an option right now, he's the, the option to fill in. You're already kind of basically paying him tackle money to begin with on the on the lower end of that. 
move him over. He's a guy that can hold his own. And and honestly, I know it's stuck between a rock and a hard place. I know like a lot of Chiefs fans are probably feeling how you're feeling about ah, I would rather have Brown out there than than any of the other options. But I mean, if you're starting training camp knowing he's not going to be there, then your replacement has from camp through to learn your position, learn uh, uh learn the techniques, make their mistakes and, and get better. Uh, I'd probably rank Tooney Kennard. I haven't seen a snap of Kennard. Training camp is going to tell us a lot, but uh, I would definitely say Tooney of the current interim replacements. Yeah, and I'm not saying, you know, if you have to move people around, then you have to move people around. I'm just saying it's not ideal. But I guess for this scenario, since we both assume that Orlando Brown's not going to be there, yeah, you probably will move Tooney to left tackle for the first team reps right now. But I just hope that's not the case on week one, and I don't think it will be. When you think he shows up, if he shows up, I think, and I don't want to confirm this, I want to confirm it. I don't know if it is confirmed, but I think he has until week eight to show. Somebody fact check that on me and get back to me. But when do you think he shows? I think he shows up either the first or second preseason game. I think he shows up before week one. I don't think it's going to be one of those situations where we don't see him at all until that Arizona Cardinals game. at least say, say maybe in like the last week or so or training camp, first preseason game, second preseason game, one of those situations. But all in all, he's there before week one. That sounds like the sweet spot. And he's pissed. Uh, rightfully so. He's going to take his time getting into camp. He might show up a, l- a little bit heavier than he wanted to be uh, just to just to show how upset he was. I get it. It's like when you uh, arguing with a girl and you don't answer the phone when she calls a couple times. You wanted to know that, hey, I see you calling or whatever, but I'm upset. I, I get that he's but upset. Aaron, but Aaron, let me just push back one second, though. Wouldn't it be better for him to be a great teammate, ball out, because now you're making your case stronger to get paid? If you're pouting, showing up overweight, and then it may affect your play, then you're not going to get that contract. You probably won't. So why would he do that? That kind of makes no sense to me because he doesn't you know, have the le- he doesn't have the leverage. He has no leverage. Well, he never had leverage, and him showing up late to camp isn't creating any additional leverage. No, 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 like- no. I'm saying in your scenario, you said like if he shows up out of shape and he's kind of grumpy and moping around and you know stuff like that. I mean, what's the point of that? You know, everybody handles this differently. Everybody and. I don't know. I mean, we got a lot of listeners. I don't know who has been through a contract negotiation before, um, but it it, it feels inherently personal, Mark. I mean, when you're going through when you're going through like uh, a contract negotiation that I mean, this for a while, I'm sure they've had conversations going into the last offseason. It feels like maybe, you know, that dollar figure is uh, and everybody reacts differently. I mean, some people are are, some people are will play good soldier like Lamar Jackson. I was kind of surprised that he showed up um to their whatever it was off-season workout during his contract situation because a lot of guys will just say you know what until I'm valued or until y'all show me how much my value is to this team I'm good but uh it sounds like you're a good soldier and you're a company man and you don't and never make any upset see you always gotta throw in, throw in that little extra at the end that's just <laughs> it's just crazy man but um in his situation the guy hasn't made that much money yet in his career. On the tag, he's going to make, what, double, triple of what he's already made just from the tag alone. And not to mention, 
you know, you talk about how guys handle things differently and guys are human and they have different emotions, right? So what about this angle? Him and Patrick Mahomes seem to be great friends, right? Like they hang out, non-football stuff in the offseason. We heard Mahomes talk about it, you know, just non-football related stuff, hanging out, going to games in Kansas City and stuff like that. Don't you think there's a little sense of respect factor there from Orlando Brown to like a Patrick Mahomes where it's like, okay, obviously I didn't get my contract, but I'm still playing on the tag. My bro is my quarterback. I'm protecting his blind side. Don't you think there's a sense of like, got to be there for my guy? It's a business. You know this more than anybody. I think. I know. I get that. But him sitting out does nothing for his business in a positive way. We don't know that. You know, all we know is what all we know is what's out right now, and I, I ask Le'Veon. Ask Le'Veon Bell how that worked out. Well, him sitting the whole—I'm not saying he's going to sit the whole year. And Serta just chimed in in our chat and said week ten is the latest that he could show without having to miss the whole year. I don't know, oh, man. Okay. If the threat was originally Yoda want to enter the season with a backup tackle, then make them enter the season with a backup tackle. If you really want to create leverage for yourself. Make them see what they're doing. But Aaron, but Aaron, you know what's scary about that? What if that happens and the Chiefs offense still looks really good without him? Well, it's a risk. I'm not saying <laughs> it's I'm not saying it's without consequence, Mark, but I'm trying to see through Orlando Brown's eyes. And there were very, very few Orlando Brown champions or people championing his approach when this news came down. It was almost it was almost a course of what is this dude doing? That's ridiculous. I can't believe he turned down that type of money. And, I mean, there, there's two sides to every coin. Just because we're getting all the information leaks from NFL Network and chief sources doesn't mean that that's the truth. Oh, no, 100%. 100%. And I appreciate you looking at it from his, from his perspective because it is needed, right? Because I've seen it, too, on my timeline and, and everywhere, right? People kind of questioning him and wondering what is he doing and calling him greedy and people saying, you're not Trent Williams. It's not. All of that stuff, right? <laughs> and yeah, I, I I see all of that too. And you know, like I said before, people gotta understand is it's all about value and the market, right? Like obviously he's not Trent Williams, but he is what seven years younger than him. Um, he still hasn't reached his prime yet. And like I said before, you're paying somebody for what you project them to end up being. So in his mind, in his camp eyes, they think he's going to end up being one of those top guys. So, I mean, I can't really fault him for that. But like I said before, uh, he he has no benefit of sitting out, though, especially when it comes to missing games, which is why I would be absolutely, absolutely floored if he is not there week one. Well, it's definitely going to be something we're monitoring here on Coast to Coast. Can't wait to get to St. Joe. I know it's a million degrees here in KC, but it's going to be good to see media folks. It's going to be good to see fans again, be back around the team this year. And just I'm just reading this based off the information we've been getting from the team so far. It feels like it's going to be a little bit more of a return to normalcy, Mark. The autograph sessions are back with players at camp. You know, the gates and the seating and the ticket requirements that you had to have to go to St. Joe in years past, those are no longer there. Uh, it, it, it seems like we're getting a little bit back to normal, and we're talking to Patrick Mahomes on Friday at St. Joe training camp kicking up, man. 
Yeah, man. I hope you have a lot of water and stay hydrated out there. It's going to be hot. <laughs> Just a kid from Kansas City is covering Kansas in the air conditioning. Doesn't want any- he'll, no, he'll- I'm actually, I'm going to be on the beach, bro. Orlando Brown will be there. <laughs> Answering all the tough questions, and you're gonna be typing away on the keyboard with no, with no Orlando tough- Brown ain't gonna be there. <laughs> <laughs> he gonna be on the beach with me. He gonna be on the beach <laughs> catching waves, man. I got a couple questions for you. Trading camp is gonna be a time where uh, you know it's gonna be so- a microscope under certain guys. There's gonna be expectations on certain guys. Fans want to see certain guys produce or, or have roles in the offense or defense. Um, who do you think has, I guess, the biggest microscope on them entering this year's training camp? Just overall or on one side of the ball? I'll let you pick. We, we, if you pick one side of the ball, I can go on the other or however you want to do it. Okay, I'll, I'll do offense. I'm going to say, I think it has to be McCall Hartman, right? That's a, a easy answer. I mean, uh, you want me to give you like something off the wall? No, nah, go for Cole. I know you can go. I know you can go for five minutes on Cole. Go ahead. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he's entering. It's last year with rookie contract, obviously. You know, no Tyreek Hill. He's that you know speedy gadget guy in the offense now. Obviously, you got MVS as well, who can blow the top off the defense. But you know, we all know this, man. Chiefs fans have been really, really hard on Cole Hartman maybe even unfairly at times, but now they have more targets, a lot more opportunities, a lot more ch- chances to run the full route tree. And it looks like he actually has been working on his routes. I know people want to see video of it, and we finally saw some video this offseason, which, I mean, I guess just because you didn't see video, he wasn't working on his routes apparently in years past. <laughs> but here we are. But like I said, the main thing is contract year, man. And McCall Hartman saw guys got paid like Christian Kirk. I don't think Christian Kirk is that much better than McCall Hartman. So if you're McCall Hartman, you're looking at that like, man, I'm playing with Patrick Mahomes. I'm playing in a pass-happy system under Andy Reid. And now Tyreek Hill is gone. This is my chance to really shine and get the bag next offseason, whether it's with the Chiefs or with somebody else. So I think it's easily him. Uh, I threw this little tweet into the spaces from McCole Hartman because he has been hearing the chatter this year. I mean, it has been a trend that I have followed throughout this offseason. He's clapped back at people. People have been very vocal under the microscope. So, yeah, I think it's obvious that uh, fans will be watching him. They're always watching him, whether it's the drops, whether it's the route running, uh, whether it's wanting more from him. Uh, as far as the effort level and, and being on the same page with Mahomes, it would mean a lot for his wallet, and it would mean a lot for Chiefs Kingdom if he were to come out focused this year. And it all starts with training camp. I'll go on the defensive side of the ball since you took McCall Hardman, and we're talking about Chiefs players that are under the microscope entering training camp 2022. It gets kicked up July 22nd on the campus of Missouri Western. I'm going uh, – I'm going Juan Thornhill, and and, and this is why. Uh, he he quite honestly put himself under the microscope during a mini camp, saying that he was going to be an all-pro this year, and y'all can write that down, and y'all can mark it down. I think he even doubled down on Twitter, tweeting out uh, that he was going to be an all-pro this year. Uh, and he gave a couple reasons why. He said, hey, I'm, I'm finally healthy this year. Uh, no more knee issues. I feel 100% confident in the knee. I feel like I'm back and better than ever. 
Uh, and then the role that he's going to be required to take on in the defense. It's no, it's no more Tyron Matthew. I know Mark had has had tears shed about that over the last two to three days, two to three months. No more Honey Badger. His first ever Instagram photo was the Honey Badger. Now it's on Juan Thornhill to have a bigger and more vocal role uh, in that safety room. It's a rebuilt room, a lot of new faces. Uh, I remember talking to Juan at the Chiefs Ambassador Gala earlier this offseason. He said, hey, we got a younger group now. We hang out outside of the office a lot more, more now. Uh, all of us are kind of around the same age, and you know how that is. I'm not saying there's problems when you work with people who are older than you, but you know, it's a barrier. It's a barrier like anything else. When you hang out with people or you work with people who are your same age, uh, I'm not saying it's better or it's worse, but it's different. And, and maybe that would help the communication in that room. I think Juan comes in, and he was one of these guys that last year showed up in that first unit with the rookies and the quarterbacks. So starting Friday, it'll be rookies and quarterbacks that report to St. Joe. But there's also a select group of players that the coaches will invite to show up early who are rehabbing or who are showing up early for any like myriad of reasons that they come for that extra weekend. Juan Thornhill was in that group last year because he was still trying to work back from the injury and just felt like he needed the extra time. Um, I, I got my microscope on him this year because I feel like he is going to play an important role in what they're doing in that safety room. Yeah, I like that pick. I, I really do. I mean, he came on strong his rookie year. Obviously, then he had that injury, which slowed him down clearly. He, he wasn't quite the same until later in the, in the season. But, yeah, I, I like that pick a lot. I mean, because he's going to have to fill in that leadership role, him and Justin Reed, at the back end of the defense. And then, obviously, the linebackers. I mean, how can you not be excited about Nick Bolton and Willie Gay, that young tandem right there? So, yeah, the defense is going to be exciting, man. They're really young. They're more fast. They're athletic. Uh, they're more physical, in my opinion. So it's just a matter of how long it will take for them to jail because we all see every year Spagnola's defense starts off slow and they pick it up around week seven, week eight. So I'm really looking forward to it. Now I want to turn the attention to the rookies because there's always attention on the rookies coming into their first training camp. We saw what they look like against air in the rookie mini camp period and that kind of thing. But now it's the real deal. Now it's the full squad. It's in St. Joe. How about a rookie that, that you think is going to hit the ground running and impress a lot of folks and then maybe a rookie that, that starts slow? You could take either one of those and I'll, and I'll play the other side. Okay, so I'm going to go with the, the one that I think is going to start slow. And I'm going to go with George Karloftis, the first pick, of the, the first round pick, um, you know, DN. I just think it's a lot on his plate to start the season, considering the lack of depth, quality depth at edge rusher. So he's got to be asked to be an impact guy from week one. And I'm not saying, you know, by midseason later in the year, he'll get better. I agree with that. But I just think to start the year off, considering the amount of snaps that he's probably going to get from a rookie, I expect a little bit of a slow start. You know, fans, they're going to want to see the sacks and stuff like that. And he didn't really get that many sacks in college last year. I mean, he had a lot of pressures, but, you know, we, we've had that issue over the past couple of years. Like, we'll get to the quarterback, but as far as bringing them down, it's a whole different story. So, I think it'll take him a while to get his feet wet, but he, he has a great motor. The guy is a hard worker, so he'll figure it out, but I think he will start off a little bit slow. I mean, Mark, he's a Chiefs edge rusher. It's it's only right that he starts off slow. It's a, it's a tradition 
at one arrowhead way. I mean, he would be following in the footsteps of all the greats that came before him. <laughs> We're talking Chiefs rookie expectations headed into training camp. Training camp preview, Chiefs Coast to Coast on Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. We're doing this on Tuesday now, but as Mark was updating you earlier in the show, there's going to be some movements with us recording and everything. When we go week to week, we're going to actually be on Wednesdays on, on Twitter space and a Thursday release on the podcast market, wherever you get your podcast. A lot to follow. I appreciate y'all rocking with us. Uh, I'm going to give my rookie that I think hits the ground running, and it's uh, probably a, an easy one. I think it's Sky Moore. This is a guy that was limited in that rookie mini camp period. He had that hamstring injury. And I could just see on his face that it was burning him up to not even do these little basic routes. I mean, this man wanted to compete. He wanted to be there. Uh, we know he's going to be a critical role in the offense. We know he's going to be a vital role in the offense. And this is a room that is not only reshaped, but it is molded by competition. We're still talking about, is it going to be five or six guys? Is it going to be six or seven guys? Um, this is a guy that the Chiefs wanted. Uh, they got at, uh, without having to give up much in, in the draft. And, and you can see how he fits in in the scheme. Uh, I think that It'll pop off, and, and, and we're talking about replacing Tyreek Hill. This will be the the one that maybe looks the most like replacing Tyreek Hill. I'm not saying he's going to be Tyreek Hill, Mark, because I know you're going to go up for that cut-up clip and, and tweet it out when I get it wrong or when he drops a ball. I'm saying he looks like Tyreek Hill, and I think he'll also uh, hit the ground running at Chiefs training camp. Molly, pushback to you on that is where do you think he falls in the line as far as pass catchers counting Travis Kelsey? I mean, he may be the – like the fifth option. And that's so, why I think it's so important, right? Like this is the time now when you earn that trust of your quarterback. If you come out and have a great camp, uh, if you come out and have a couple of games, games, remember, uh, you know, Sky Moore's going to play in some of these preseason games too. Like it, it, he's going to play deep into the second half uh, when it's guys out there who are, who are sitting on the sidelines. I mean, pecking order wise, he's not going to immediately be one of the top three options, but, uh, you got to earn that trust, and it all starts at St. Joe. No, nah, you're absolutely right. You're right. It's, it's going to be fun to see because, like you say, he was limited as far as uh, the rookie mini camps and stuff. So it's going to be interesting to see how he incorporates some that deep wide receiver room, man. I mean, you have a lot of guys battling for targets. McCole, Juju, MVS, Sky, maybe even Josh Gordon. So it's going to be interesting, man. And by the way, Guys, we are taking questions, so if you guys want to come up here and ask a question before we get out of here, just hit the request, and we'll bring you guys up before we wrap it up today. Did you see the Madden ratings by any chance? I know you're the big Madden guy. I'm not the biggest Madden guy, but I saw the ratings. I know that's always newsworthy. Anything surprise you as far as that's concerned? In general, are Chiefs concerned? Well, this is a Chiefs podcast, right? I mean, if oh, you want well, to... I mean, nothing, nothing Chiefs really surprised me though. But I, I do got some surprises. <laughs> like, you see, that you see game? Jamar, you see, you see Jamar Chase. I did see Jamar Chase. Where's Jamar Chase at, bro? They haven't ranked at the twentieth wide receiver. <laughs> mm. That's what you had him as coming off the bus, at, coming off the AFC Championship bus, right? Bro, no, I never stop it, bro. I never say anything bad about Jamar Chase. <laughs> Especially, why would I say that after the first game? He had over 200 yards. <laughs> we got three hands in the air. Let's bring somebody up to the stage real quick. All right. Bringing up Allen. Appreciate the coast-to-coast uh, -coast conversation. Always great, uh, great space. Uh, a question I had is, 
considering the Orlando Brown situation, what do you guys think of the Chiefs' depth at tackle? Uh, I think uh, Christian uh, is a guy they picked up, I believe, from the Texans. Uh, uh, Kennard, I really, I'm really high on him as a rookie. Uh, Niang, the injury. Obviously, we have Wally. Uh, and we saw what Tooney did in the Cincinnati game. But what are you guys' thoughts? I guess I'll take that. Uh, I kind of talked about it earlier. I don't know if he was in here at the time, but I don't feel good about it at all. I mean, there's not a true backup left tackle option. Like, obviously, you can move some guys around. Like, obviously, in that Bengals game in the regular season, we moved Joe Tooney to left tackle. and He actually held his own pretty well. But I just don't like that personally because he's like an all-pro guy at guard. At left tackle, he's good but he's not as dominant as he is at guard. But, I mean, if you have to do it, you have to do it because it's Mahomes' blind side. And I think that would honestly be your best option versus throwing somebody out there that's not even part of the regular rotation. Aaron, you want to touch on it? Yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I'm not as I'm not as on the cliff. Like Mark is ready to jump when it comes to their backup options at, at tackle. I'm not necessarily there yet. I think Tooney moving him over and, and, and plugging other guys in, uh, it's probably your best situation, and I think that's what we're likely going to see uh, come Rep 1 on Monday, July 27th when they get together. Um, but I, I, I think there are options there. I think I don't think they're handcuffed because they – I mean, it's July. you got plenty of time to, to plan, and, and Mark and I are on the same page about uh, Lando Brown coming back before the start of the season. Uh, I can hold their water early and, uh, and be all right. If I had to pick an option, it is to me. All right, what's up, Corey? What's good, bro? Hey, how's it going, brother? Hey, it's going good, man. How's it going, Aaron? So, what's, What you got for us? I know there's going to be some p- position battles going on at camp. And one I've got my eye on is the Rojo CEH. I still think CEH gets the uh, first shot at it. And then Yang, I still think, will get first shot at tackle. Now, which one do you think has a better chance of uprooting the other? Do you think Kennard has a better chance of uprooting Niang or Rojo uprooting Clyde as the early down back? Hey, good question, Corey. I appreciate you, my man. I'm going with Rojo over CEH just because I feel like that's already a, it's already a two-man backfield to begin with. We kind of touched on this in, in previous episodes on Coast to Coast and I've actually written on Arrowhead Pride about just how many different faces they have in that running back room and how versatile it makes them. Uh, There's going to be times in the year where Rojo is the number one guy and he gets two or three series in a row. And then there's going to be times in this regular season when CEH is the number one guy. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily see it as a position battle because all those guys are going to switch in. We saw with Jarek McKinnon and how effective he was towards the end of the, the season last year. So uh, if we're considering it a battle, uh, I would say that's the battle where you see the more faces switch in and out because that's just kind of how it is by design. Hey, you know, sometimes when you hear something that was so well put together, you have nothing else to add, man. You, hey, you well, you, know, you don't want to go into the season with a backup co-host. I keep telling you that. Yeah, man, I, I value you so much, man. Yeah, you worded that perfectly. I don't have nothing else to add. I agree with you 100% on that situation. What uh? What you got playing? You're not coming to one day of training camp. You ain't got you ain't got nothing for 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 St. Joe. Nah, man, I'm probably not going, man. I ain't gonna lie to you, bro. I'm I'm gonna <laughs> let you. I'm gonna let you have it, man. I told you, I handed you the keys to the city, man. So I, I trust you. Um, you know, with with the, all the power, man. I trust you with the power. So, but you're out in Vegas. 
you're out in Vegas for NABJ, which is the yeah, first. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm gonna be out in Vegas. We're getting the we're getting the plans in motion for a potential live pod. If not, bar none, uh, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to go out or do something down there while we out there. Oh yeah, hundred percent, bro, hundred percent. Yeah, me and you in Vegas together. That's kind of a scary sight. I'm not gonna lie to you. Stick <laughs> <laughs> with me. We won't get you in it, into too much trouble. You know. Mind your P's and Q's and you'll be all right. Derek is joining us right now real quickly. Hopefully Derek got something good for us. Derek, what you got? Did you bring him up? I tried, bro. You know, see, I'm, see, I'm the one that brings – okay, for the audience, if you guys don't know, <laughs> we, we have roles on this show. And I'm the guy that brings people up. And now Aaron decided to get a little froggy there, bring somebody up, and he shot an air ball. This is why you stick to your role, Aaron. We had a good question. We had two good questions, and I was feeling hot. I was like, all right, bet. We're about to just end this with a splash, and he let me down. Lesson learned, man. You're Clay Thompson. You don't dribble the ball. You just catch and shoot, man. That's the next Photoshop, my guy. That's the <laughs> Photoshop. I'm, I'm be I think we already did a Stephen Clay. but I'm Don't put the ball on the ground. I don't think we had. I'm going to bring a Stephen Clay out for, for the next episode. <laughs> there we go. My man, next time we talk, we'll have a, a, a whole week of training camp in the books. Plenty to talk about. Good episode this week. Appreciate the questions. Appreciate y'all rocking with us. Coast to Coast is out. Yes, sir.